Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to bridge the gap between therapists and clients. We are your companions on your journey to build your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've created a free email course on our website, shrinkthink.com forward slash awesome. Just kidding. (laughs) Forward slash podcast. We've got practical steps on overcoming fear and anxiety. Hey, thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Disclaimer and newsflash, we are not your therapist. Welcome to the game. We are just educating you and that is it. Do not take what we're saying as a life-changing situation. Please just enjoy the program, sit back, relax, and thank you for being here. Kim Tolson. If you don't know me yet, I'm the person behind the Traveling Therapist podcast, which is part of the SciCraft network of podcasts. I am so proud to be part of this network along with Aaron and Nathan at ShrinkThink. If you haven't discovered the Traveling Therapist podcast, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. I'd love for you to join us as we explore the ins and outs of running a therapy practice while you travel the world. Be sure to check us out at travelingtherapist.com slash podcast for all the updates and lessons I'm learning as a traveling therapist and the adventures of other traveling therapists. Hey everyone, welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. We are excited here Today, it's uh, you guys don't know if you're listening from somewhere else, but it's no longer summer here, so it's like dark and dreary. So, we said this was coming, yeah, we knew it was coming. So, we're gonna be recording a whole lot more podcasts because we're never <laughs> gonna go outside and ever again for like 10 more months. <laughs> we're recording our summer stuff now, <laughs> yeah, right. No, we're excited to be here today. We were in Las Vegas over the weekend with. Some of our brothers from across the country, some of our buddies that own their own practices. If you recall earlier this year, we were in Vegas and there's a group of us guys and we had this roundtable discussion. It was really cool, really awesome. We, however, have a larger group now and we did not get to do that. So you just get to hear us tell you how awesome it was and then you'll all just have to take our word for it. So thanks for coming along for that boring ride. It was a whole lot more fun last time. And then our host next year will all of a sudden have 25 people. So we'll probably, yeah. Yeah, And who's that, uh, that it's not unusual to be loved, but is that Vegas guy? Like maybe he'll be our next host. Hopefully it's not. Let's get ready to rumble. It'll be so (laughs) The ball comes out of the ceiling. It'll be like in an arena somewhere. (laughs) That will not be good. Yeah. Although the exposure would be great if we have that big of an audience. That'd be sweet. (sighs) Yeah. Anyway, today we are starting like a two-part series, I guess. They're just kind of, they're connected, but we decided that we're going to do this in two parts because if you just do them, I think in one, we just would pack them into one. It would be like a little bit too much for an episode. So we're going to be talking about telehealth or like virtual counseling, video counseling versus in-person counseling. That'll be our next episode. So today we're going to be talking about Telehealth and, you know, when we use the term telehealth, I mean, that's the kind of common language that I think clinicians use. You can call it anything you want, you know, video sessions or video counseling, video therapy. Um, I don't know. There's probably a number of phone therapy. Sure. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. That one will work. (laughs) What? What's a phone? People talk on what? 
<laughs> it's a corded phone. <laughs> yeah, That's so what you thought. Around the spiral cord. <laughs> yes, yes. Exactly. So first of all, like what is telehealth? I mean, it's basically you're sitting in front of your laptop or your computer. Some people are like on their phone in their car, you know, and your therapist is in their office or their home office and they've got their laptop up. There's a camera. Maybe there's a mic or headphones or whatever. And you're doing counseling virtually, right? You don't have to come into their office. You are doing it from your car, from on a walk, wherever. Some people, this is great. They can do it while they're traveling. Maybe they're in a different state or a different part of the state, but they want to keep their their counseling appointment. They can do that. So this is very different from in-person. And, and by the way, this is it's not really new, although I think the pandemic really changed a lot of this because everyone was staying home. And so how do you go to counseling and stay six feet apart or avoid potentially transmitting disease uh, to somebody else? Well, virtual therapy, right? That became a much bigger way of doing counseling. And in a lot of ways, it's continued on, but it's become a little bit more purposeful. It's used for specific purposes now, and it's not, I think, as broad as it was during that pandemic. One thing I would say about that is interesting. It just says a difference between pre-pandemic and post. So those folks working on licensure, at least in Oregon, it used to be pre-pandemic that you could only count 10% of your hours for that were like considered telehealth, like or by phone or whatever. So if you were seeing a client, like your clients that you have during the week, say you have 10 of them, you could only actually talk to one of them on the phone. Now imagine if they kept that rule now, clinicians would revolt, clients would revolt, but somewhere over the pandemic, in the beginning, they just dismissed, they just got rid of all the rules for us on the clinical side and said, do whatever you want. Like, and I mean, kind of like, like if everybody kind of was needs like to that. be uh, virtual, then, then go for it because that's safer, you know, all the, the health regulations were like, you know, don't be in person as much as possible. So it was like, okay, let's do that. Well, and they also suspended the state line stuff for a little while there. It didn't matter where you lived. Like they wanted people getting help. So it was like, if you were in Oregon, it, you could counsel somebody in Nevada. Everybody's looking the other way, bro. We're suspending everything. So of course the pandemic ends and we, people start coming back together and they're like, it, it just was a whole new world. Cause now you are not shutting the door on virtual. No. That might be a song. Also. Oh, it might be a whole new it's world. It's a whole new. Okay. Yeah, that's. I was on video doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to see that? No, you don't. I like how you moved into the, the soprano up there. Like that was falsetto. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. It it created a new environment. And the other thing too about the whole pandemic thing is I think it really clarified a lot of things. In a certain sense, you're describing how like the barn doors were thrown wide open, right into this wild, wild west of. Yeah. video counseling and these we got a new soundboard <laughs> that, that was it um but it, it threw open the barn doors for the wild wild west of video therapy right so now like all bets were off you can do like all kinds of things but then through the process is like okay we learned things we honed our knowledge and awareness our experience of like what works or what doesn't work and so one of the things now that has come out of this, I think that has been really good for video therapy or telehealth is the ability to see clients who are in remote parts of your state. So, for example, we are in the Portland metro area. So 
we're in an area that is accessible like everywhere like around the the portland metro you can come from east west north south and get to us um fairly easily however if you drive a little ways let's say a little bit south and then a little bit east into the middle of the state you're going to get into like nothing land there's like there are places in oregon where it's so rural or there aren't very many counselors or if there are therapists that are there everybody knows them so if you were to go to this person Everybody might know, like you might be in the waiting room and like, oh, hey, Bill, like I, did, I actually didn't want you to know that I was here. So seeing a therapist in the Portland area that's like an hour or two away or even like three or four hours away is actually a huge benefit, right, for confidentiality or maybe for a specific specialty. Maybe there's nobody in your town that works with eating disorders or nobody in your town that's got some specialty in gambling addictions. But you have to see somebody in the metro area farther away. But you can do that now via telehealth. Right. I I was thinking of the therapists in the small communities. They could be named, not named. The There's a movie. What's that? It doesn't really matter. Anyways, I was thinking of calling them the Chamber of Secrets. Because you imagine That's me in a Harry therapy. Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter. Because all that stuff that you'd be holding everywhere. It would kind of be hard as a therapist in that in that community, because, I mean, everybody would be like, hey, man, you see Bill? And then you're like, you mean like on my way here? <laughs> right. <laughs> like like his new. I can't jacket. tell you if I saw him in therapy, but I could tell you if I saw him on my way here. Right. Man, that'd be lame. Anyways. Why'd you get awkward all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no reason. No reason. I can't confirm it or not why I got awkward. <laughs> Wait, you're a therapist. Is he coming to see you for therapy? <laughs> no, I can't tell you that. Call me on the phone, though, and we'll do therapy. What? Anyway. So, yeah, yeah, telehealth is is one of those things that has broadened access, I think. So you're no longer limited to what's directly around you. And the other thing, too, is that this will kind of get into the, the time and convenience factor of telehealth, is that no longer are you confined to the location that you're at. You're within a certain radius, maybe 10 miles or, you know, 30 minutes or something like that for your therapy. But the other thing is like because you can see people, you know, four hours away without driving anywhere. Right. That's pretty awesome. But the other thing, too, is that for a lot of people, they've got really busy schedules and maybe all they have is a lunch break at work and they don't have time to leave the office, drive somewhere uh, 20 minutes even and then do the counseling appointment and then drive 20 minutes back. I mean, now you're looking at an hour 40, you know, in this example, when they only have an hour lunch break. That wouldn't work. But with virtual therapy or telehealth, you can just pop out from your office, get into your car or, you know, close your door to your office and pull your blinds. so Nobody can look in and see what's going on <laughs> and do your counseling appointment right from the convenience of your mobile device and then go right back to work. Or you could you could multitask. You could go to the grocery store. You can go to different places that you have to go anyway. Or you could drive to pick up your children while you're, you've got your phone like hanging up. And if you do do that, right, your phone's going on like video uh, Zoom, for example, then make sure you plug it in and turn your AC on because your phone will overheat and shut down and we will lose connection with you. Oh, yeah. And everything I just we just talked about our lies from the pit. Yeah. Don't freaking go to the grocery <laughs> yes, store. Right. Do not do those things. Those are the things that happen. Though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. like, hold on just a second. Johnny. 
I can't believe he's doing. Hold on. Connie. Wait, Mary, are you riding a horse? <laughs> What's going on? Can everybody hear me in the background? <laughs> Hi, counselor. That has literally happened where like they're yeah, in the car yeah. and there's like kids in the, in the back seat. I'm like, so can they hear me? <laughs> yes. No, yes. they're on their device. Uh, okay. And then one of them looks up in the yes, back. Right. <laughs> Actually, they can. They definitely heard me. Yeah. Right. They, okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> let's jump back into your sex addiction. <laughs> right. Yeah. So don't do that. You're still going to have to carve time out. Okay. Some of you guys are getting like willy nilly and wild westy with your virtual counseling. And you're like, I don't even know why I'm listening to this episode. I already know all this stuff. Well, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there is a lot that everybody knows at this point. I think one of the reasons to talk about it is to highlight that there are definite benefits to it. And also you need to use it appropriately. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a colleague at the in Vegas. He's such a great guy. He does business a totally different way. And he was trying to decide, think through like the whole process of virtual counseling and whether or not to even have a lease anymore and that kind of thing. But the comment they made about virtual is he said, you know, people sometimes will like the, the executive types and different entrepreneurs will be sitting in that situation of virtual and then like they'll literally log on. I think he said like one o'clock and then here they are. They're going to, maybe they'll eat lunch while they're there, which is that actually is not a big deal. Yeah. Some people even come into the office and bring their food, you know, on their lunch break or whatever. Right. That's, that's fine. Yeah. So, but then log off the counseling at like one fifty nine, and then immediately go back to work. And part of the problem with that is that there's no, there's no time to process what happened. And so you, you do need to figure out some way to account for that with virtually. And the other thing is, is that he said, you know, the other thing that can happen is you have throughout the session, you know, you're sitting there on your computer device or whatever you're on, excuse me. And it's pinging an email comes in, boom, you know, like, so there's certain kinds of distractions that you have to manage that I think it's not okay to put up with. I mean, you, you've got to create some environment where you can focus and then you can spend time afterwards. If you're going to take this seriously, you're going to pay money to do it. You need to give yourself the space to integrate what it is you're learning and going through and processing. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I did this too with my own therapy. Like during the pandemic, I would have virtual sessions and I would take notes on my computer, you know, because I use uh, on my MacBook, I have like my notes app. Right. And I would take notes during the session. But the thing is, and I really would do exactly what you're talking about, where I would, I think it was like first thing in the morning or maybe end of the day or whatever. So like I would log on, do my appointment and then immediately roll into some other appointment. Right. And um, or vice versa, you know, roll out of my last appointment into counseling and then move on with my day or whatever. But the thing is, I had to really be intentional about going back to those notes and looking at them like that day of like, okay, I did therapy. Let's reflect on this. Like, even if I couldn't do it right away, I had to come back to it and see like, okay, what, what were the key things or the takeaways? Let's revisit this. What do I need to learn and know? It's like spending that time, um, revisiting, rehashing, uh, you know, whatever was talked about in therapy, I think is the way you can make the most use of that time. So it doesn't just happen check the box, did it, whatever happened inside the session was good and helpful, but then you're done with it. Cause then essentially what you're looking at, and and I remember saying this to people quite a bit is you only go to therapy if you were doing it once a week for like an hour and how many days and hours are you in the rest of your life? I mean, it's like, you know, hundreds or whatever. 
And so you're doing one hour a week in the session. And then if you don't think about it or process or do anything with it, then that's a tiny fractional percentage of the rest of your life. But if you're taking time to think about it, process it, maybe talk to somebody else, then that number grows. And that's where you're going to have the biggest impact or a lot more change possibility. All of the change process involves a commitment to action. And a lot of that, you can have a great commitment, but you might not be reminded because you're not thinking about it in the times that you need to be thinking about it. And you definitely won't if you're counting on us as therapists to just tell you to think about it. And we're only doing that for one hour. I mean, we're telling you during that hour and you probably are actually thinking about it then. And then the hour is done. You have to figure out some ways to integrate, which means you have to figure out, you have to give your space, yourself space to do so. I mean, the, the other thing that's happened, I think it, in the very beginning of the, the whole pandemic, it, this was not true. People were very focused and had the space to do it. But somewhere over the course of time in the, in the, in the land of uh, multitasking, there's been like this lesser commitment that happens with telehealth. Like, oh, I was going to come in, but I had to go blah, blah. So it's like a last minute. Can we just do, can we just do virtual? Like, yeah, we can do virtual. And in my mind, I'm always like, are we now not as committed to this? Like in this hour. It's fine. It's great when it's like a one-off or a, Hey, this thing, you know, is happening. I got, you know, squeezed out in my schedule, whatever. Can we just do telehealth? It's like, yeah, that's a, that's a great way to maintain the consistency of your appointments without losing that week to week. Right. But if that becomes like the continual thing that actually can, like you said, it can kind of devalue because you're it'll devalue the sessions or devalue therapy because you're looking at it more of as like, you know, like where can I fit this in and make it as much of a priority in my life versus when you're in person, it's a bigger commitment, you know, and we'll talk about that in the next episode of you know, the, the commitment that it is to spend that much time. But you're also getting a whole lot more value from it. Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of benefit to virtual especially when it comes to treatment with specializations and that kind of thing. And the other thing that the pandemic did with the virtual thing is there are states that are kind of trying to figure out how to group themselves together and respect each other's licensure process so that you can actually practice in another state without having to have a bunch of licenses. I don't think we're not there yet, but I feel like that's on, that's on on the way. way. Yeah. And the reason for that, if you think about it is like, and I've talked with some people around here, uh, that they've got like some medical issue and they've seen a bunch of doctors around here and like literally tapped out the market. Right. And nobody knows what to do. And, but there's a specialist that's like up in Washington, maybe towards the uh, Canadian border, for example. Well, that makes sense if you can drive up there and get care. Right. But if this, if we're talking therapy and you've got a specialist in a different state and that person doesn't have a license to treat you or whatever in your state, that person might be the one that you need in order to to get help, but because of these stupid regulations, right? You they can't treat you. But if that's changing, then if you have a specialist in a different state that you need to see for your particular issue, you could those doors could actually open up to be able to to get the help that you need. So it's moving in that direction. I think we'll probably get there pretty soon um, in the next five years or so. The other thing I want to say as we kind of uh, wrap up the end of this telehealth session. Is that, I don't remember what I was going to say. You lost it? I did. That's what happens on telehealth. You're multitasking. You want to change this to virtual. I Yeah, this is virtual. (laughs) As virtual as it gets. 
it is what are we gonna like have all of our listeners like come in person to like a stadium (laughs) arena oh that's a next level idea i know a live podcast i actually saw that on a comedy show no i don't remember it's all about the the thing i guess that that we wanted to try to do is just yes telehealth is is really cool it's very convenient but if you treat it as a convenience it's a problem like it won't be it won't be that helpful you'll need It'll be interesting to see the studies coming out, but because my thought is, is that telehealth is probably going to be one of those things that there's going to be a bit more of a convenience factor that's going to taint the um, efficacy of it. Like, I could be wrong, but I just experience it enough to where sometimes I'm like, hello, like, because I'm doing a phone thing or whatever, and I'm on, I'm on mute on their side, meaning like um, they're listening to me, but I'm muted, so like. So I can't hear what's going on over there type of a thing because they're doing 15,000 other things that are happening. And so I think, ah, you know, and for us therapists, for those therapists listening, you do need to try to be more intentional with your client and hold hold those folks more. I'm talking to myself too. hold those folks more accountable to carving the time out. I also think, depending on your therapist, that you might need to adjust your times in the sense that stopping early. To, to give them space to process if they have to go back to work is saying like, yeah, we actually should stop now. So you have a little bit of time yeah. to consider this stuff. And honestly, we wouldn't do that in person. Like that would be a totally yeah, different you'd have like the commute to, you know, getting back in your car to make that transition. Even if you're just down the road, you have a few minutes to make that transition and you have all those cues leaving the office, getting into your car, you know, getting into new scenery, walking back in the office. All those cues are transitional elements. Right. Right. Well, I think in considering all this, we hope that you've loved this virtual production of the podcast. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.